Welcome to Faith Church Podcast, where we are a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will impact your life through today's message. It is awesome to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, if, if you are free in Christ, this is the, the weekend of celebrating our freedom in our nation. But you know what? Hey, we can celebrate freedom in Christ every single day, including today. If you are free in Christ, just give a shout out to the Lord. Clap your hand. What are you got to do? Make some noise in this place. Hallelujah. I always like doing stuff like that because, you know, when you're in church, the louder we get, the more nervous the devil gets. And I like making the devil nervous. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I am Roger Boucher, and it's good to be here this morning. Uh, many of you know me for those, but for those who do not know me, uh, praise the Lord. You do now. Amen. Hallelujah. It is good to be here. It's a privilege to come to you this morning with the word of the Lord. You know, over this last, this series that we're going through with the Sermon on the Mount, we have heard some absolute wonderful sermons from men of God. Can you say amen to that? Praise the Lord. And today I'm, I'm honored to be up here and I'm going to be bringing to you part of the sermon that Jesus is speaking on of prayer and fasting. So you want to go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter six. If you're going to be using a pew Bible, I believe it's on page 580. I'm going to go ahead and just get right into the sermon this morning. Uh, I have been known to be long-winded. I will try not to be long-winded. Praise the Lord. I know y'all get hungry and you want lunch. I promise to have each and every one of you out of here by one o'clock so you can go to lunch with your family. Hallelujah. For those of you who don't know me, that is a joke. That is an absolute joke. I promise to have you out of here by 1245. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 6. It says it this way. We'll begin reading with verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. How many knows that when you go to the Lord in prayer in your private life, that God is going to reward you openly? Can you say amen? If you don't have a prayer life, you won't have a blessed life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. You can go out and you can, you can slay your lions in your life. You can slay your bears in your life. But I'm here to tell you that when you get to where you're slaying the giants that's in your life, hallelujah, God's going to reward you and everybody's going to know who it was that rewarded you. Hallelujah. But he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't lead us, and don't let us yield to temptation, 
but rescue us from the evil one. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. It's pretty tight right there. Then he says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. In other words, don't, don't go out in public and to the store or to the church looking all nasty and everything. <laughs> then he says, no one will notice that you are fasting except the Father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Hallelujah. Prayer, I would guess that the majority of us here this morning say some type of prayer from time to time. Maybe you say some type of prayer very often and that's absolutely wonderful, but what kind of prayers are we practicing? Are we practicing what I like to call the 911 prayer. You know, those kind of prayers where you only pray to God when there's an emergency that's going on in your family or in your life. Or how about the Jiminy Cricket prayer? You know, when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart's desires will come to you. How wonderful would that be? You know, this just seems to make God some type of cosmic grandpa when we pray a prayer like that. Or how about the Monty Hall prayer? Now, there's a name that goes in the past. Some of the young ones might not recognize the Monty Hall, but the Monty Hall prayer, it, it kind of goes like this. God, let's make a deal. I'll do something and give you something if you first do something and give me something. Oh, help us, Lord. Or, 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 or perhaps you've said the Aladdin Lamps prayer. You know, the Aladdin Lamps prayer, it's one of those kind of prayers just like, you know, if, if I can just rub God the right way, then God would magically appear and he would be at my every service. You know, this, this treats God as sort of a, a personal genie instead of the holy God that he is. And then we have the lottery prayer. You know, the lottery prayer, that's one of those prayers just like, hey, might as well, you know, you never know. You just might hit the jackpot. You know, a lot of times we pray those kinds of prayers, and sometimes I don't think we really realize that we have developed certain type of prayer lives. But you see, it matters that we pray, but it also matters how we pray. There's a, a couple of phrases in this particular scripture that kind of catch my attention. One is when you pray. And then the other one, Christ says, when you fast. Both are repeated multiple times by Jesus Christ to uh, stress in the idea and the importance of prayer and fasting. He doesn't say if you pray or 
if you fast, but he says when you pray and when you fast. Over time, the church has, uh, not just the church, but just people in general, has began to allow the idea of fasting. It's began to dim a little bit in our lives. We get to where we, I, I, I don't want to fast. After all, with all, all the restaurants that are out there and all the cooking equipment that you can buy and, and, and all the gift certificates that Pastor Tom gives to McDonald's, who in the world would want to fast? Who would want to give all that up? But unfortunately, the light of prayer is beginning to dim just a bit. The light of prayer is beginning to dim just a bit. And we ask ourselves, what are we going to do with the light of prayer beginning to dim just a bit? But picture this with me this morning. Picture what life would be like if Christians would live in the power and authority that Christ gives us through prayer. Picture that for a moment. You see, we hear it all the time about prayer and the importance of it, but do we really truly allow it to resonate in our spirits? Really truly allow it to not just become a part of who we are, but to become the biggest part of who we are. To be that biggest part of when we're out in public to where when somebody comes upon you and, and they know that you're a Christian and they ask for prayer, that you know how to get a hold of heaven in a moment's notice. Hallelujah. To become the biggest part of who we are today. Hallelujah. Jesus addressed prayer. We see that everywhere Jesus went, he was praying. It was one of the main reasons Jesus came down the earth. Yes, Jesus came down to save us. And yes, Jesus came to walk amongst us. But this kind of, this, this idea that Jesus is, that Jesus came to address prayer and to live a life prayer, it takes me back to Isaiah chapter 59. And I believe it's us versus 16, 17, somewhere in that area. But Isaiah tells us that the Lord wondered that no one was praying. And I read that and I thought, Lord, I can't help but wonder if you're wondering about our prayer lives today. You see, this whole thing of God putting on the armor of God or us putting on the armor of God that we read about in Ephesians chapter 6, he does it first here in Isaiah chapter 59. He's the one who has put on the armor of God. He's the one who has become our intercessor today. Yes, he came to save us. And aren't you glad that he came to set you free today? Hallelujah. And yes, he came to show us the way and to teach us scriptures. But Jesus actually came to pray and to show us the way of prayer. Jesus came to pray. Now think about this. He begins his ministry with what? Prayer. He ends his ministry with prayer. He sends his disciples out to a prayer meeting and he says, you know what? I want you to go to that upper room in that building over yonder. He says, and whenever you start to pray, don't leave. Do not leave. There says, well, where are you going to go? He goes, I'm going to another prayer meeting in heaven. I'm going to inquire about another comforter. It's called the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, whenever one prayer meeting, hallelujah, comes down and meets another prayer meeting, that's when you can leave. And when you leave, you're going to be endued with power from on high because that is when the Holy Spirit is going to come down and fill you with my 
power. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's where we see in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room. It was the birth of the church. Every time the disciples turned around, they couldn't find Jesus. Every time. How many has been watching that uh, The Chosen series? We see that a lot in that series. They, they, they're, where's Jesus? I don't know. Where's Jesus? They can't find him. All hours of the day, early in the morning, late at night, throughout the day, we find that Jesus is where. We don't know he, where he was at, but we do know what he was doing. He was somewhere off doing what? He was praying. Hallelujah. Now think about this this morning. What is Jesus doing this very moment right now? Jesus is doing what? Praying. Oh, y'all starting to catch on pretty good here this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus is doing praying. He's not just praying this morning, but he's praying for you this day. He's praying for me today. He's praying for each and every one of us in this place this morning. Hebrews 7 25 says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus lived a life of prayer. Ephesians 6 is really just a picture of Jesus himself. He armed himself as the intercessor praying for us daily. Now, you ever caught yourself thinking, nobody's praying for me? There's at least one person praying for you all the time. All the time. You may get your feelings hurt because you say, I don't think this person prayed for me or I don't think... Mom and dad pray for me. Or I don't think the pastor pray for me or the youth pastor pray for me. Or we can go on down the line, but there's always someone praying for you and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. It's really no wonder that when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's really no wonder that Jesus teaches on prayer, not once, but twice. You know, this, this same sermon that it's, it's taken us all a bit to get through. Yeah, Jesus did all this in one sermon. He was really that good. He was really that good. But we see how Jesus teaches on prayer in chapter 6 here and also in chapter 7. Okay. So we're kind of getting the idea that prayer is important. That prayer and fasting is important. But how do we get to the point of living our lives in the power and authority of prayer? First, I believe we have to realize that the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. The function of prayer is not to influence God. It's not to say, God, give me everything that I want. Do it now, do it in this time. Give me the way I need it, the way I want it. But the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. It should be you and my desire when we're in our prayer life and God is looking down and he's seeing us and he's looking and he's saying, you know what? That looks like Roger down there praying. You know, but the, the more I look at Roger, the, the more it starts to change. And all of a sudden he says, you know, it doesn't, it's, that, 
That's starting to look like somebody else. Matter of fact, it's starting to look like my son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That should be mine and yours ultimate goal is that when we get into prayer, that we say, Lord, yes, I've got a lot of needs. Yes, I've got a wall of wants, but Lord, I want to be like you. Change my heart to be like you. Lord, in the midst of my circumstances, God, you know what they are before I even bring them to you. But Lord, I am here just to love on you. Change my heart, God, and change me and make me in the image of you today. You see, if you're going to have a prayer life, you got to decide some things and you have to deny some things. First of all, those denying those things, you have to deny those things. Sometimes deny those persons that will keep you from getting and achieving the ultimate goal that Christ has set for your life. Not for mine, but for your life. So many times people will say like, oh man, I wish I had the anointing of Pastor Tom. I wish I could speak like Pastor Tom. I wish I could preach like Pastor Tom. Oh, I want his anointing. But I would have to ask you, you can have his anointing, but are you willing to go through what Pastor Thomas had to go through in order to get that anointing? Are you willing to go through those sleepless nights? Are you willing to go through those hours on your knees praying? Are you willing to go through those hours studying? Are you willing to do what it takes in order to get a hold of heaven to where heaven can get a hold of you and to make you into what heaven wants you to be? What is your prayer today? You see, there's a lot of times we get in our prayer life, if we're honest with this, with ourselves, we get in our prayer life and we, we kind of get into where it's ankle deep. Just enough to where we can feel the presence of God in our life. We step in there and we're like, Lord, I'm here. Lord, this is what I need for my life. This is what I need for my family. Lord, you see the touch that I need. You see the miracles that I need. And it becomes all about us because we're just still in the ankle deep water. And as we're in our prayer life in that ankle deep water, we're in the shallow end of this thing. We don't allow ourselves to get into the deep end of the things to where God can really speak to us. We get into the shallow things. We step in. We tell God what we want. We tell God what we need. We feel a little bit of his presence because after all, we are stepping into a little bit of his presence. But then what do we do? We walk away and we get out of the shallow end. You know, whenever you get to where you are denying and, de and deciding some things, some of the things you have to decide is one, that you're going to pray, but two, that you're not going to bail out of the shallow end of these things when things start to get a little rough or when things start to come in and start to interfering. You have to say, you know what? Oh, uh, that doorbell can wait. How many knows that it never fails that whenever you decide to go to the Lord in prayer, there's always going to be something that's going to try to interrupt you. Never fails. But when we get into this thing and we says, you know what? I'm feeling something now. I'm not leaving right now. Yes, that doorbell can wait. I'm not going to answer that phone call. I'm not going to read that book. Wait a minute. Did I hear the kids scream? They're fine. They'll be just fine. And you keep moving on and you say, you know what? I am not leaving this prayer life. I'm not getting out of this thing. I'm not belling out of the shallow end. I am going to press on into the deep things of God. Prayer life absolutely can 
be a challenge. The enemy, he doesn't want us praying. He hates us praying because when you pray and you simply stand on this planet and you begin to open up your mouth to the God of heaven, hallelujah, you begin to shift and you begin to align and you begin to bring into reality of this world, hallelujah, the reality of that world. And God has just simply been waiting for someone through prayer to come along in agreement with him to bring these things into your heart, into your life, into this world today. That is what happens when we pray. But how to live a life of prayer? How do we live a life of prayer? I believe, number one, we have to remain in Christ. See, Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So walk in Him. Don't fade out. Don't go your own direction. But stay in him. Stay committed to him. When, whenever you find yourself remaining in the Lord, whenever you find yourself doing these things, you're able to pray the things that are on God's heart. God's heart becomes your heart. Don't you want to have the heart of God? Let's face it. There's a lot of stuff out there that can absolutely drive us crazy. And if we don't have the heart of God, we're going to start thinking the wrong things, start saying the wrong things, start having the wrong kind of attitudes. But I'm saying, Lord, give me the heart of God today. And it starts by remaining in Christ and in prayer. Number two, be committed in prayer and ready for battle. Colossians 4.2 says it, says to devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You got to know that you're in enemy territory. You got to know that you are here to fight for God's kingdom in prayer. See, we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We simply can't do spiritual battle without first praying. It's one of the first, it's one of the three fundamentals that God gave the children of Israel. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he says, you must pray before you enter into battle. Many times we go out and we try to fight our own battles. We try to do our own thing. We try to be successful as a Christian and we never, ever, ever take the time to spend time with God. We never, ever take the time to say, God, what is it you'd want me to do today? God, where do you want me to go today? Lord, who is it you want me to speak to today? Lord, open up my eyes. Open up my ears. I remember I used to hear Pastor Heiser used to always talk about how he'll anoint his eyes before he goes out and he'll anoint his feet. Remember him talking about that? And he may still do it today. I'm not sure. He'll anoint his hands. You know what? Say, Lord, wherever I go, I want to be a vessel. I want to be an instrument for you. But you simply cannot. Who, who's here as a sports fan? I think there's quite a bit of sports fans. Those who play sports, you realize that you simply cannot just walk up one day and walk out on the court and become a champion. 
You got to practice. You got to put in the time. You got to work on your skills, whatever sport it may be. And prayer is no different. We simply cannot go out and start fighting spiritual battles in our life without first seeking the one who's holding our hand. Without first seeking the one, we must pray first and then go into spiritual battle. Be committed to prayer. Be assured, number three, and confident of the promises of God. Oh, I like this one. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Can I say this morning, don't listen to what the devil has to say to you. How many has ever been guilty of that? Don't listen to what the devil has to say to you. Speak God's promises over your family. Speak his promises over your neighborhood, over your city, over your nation. When the devil comes and tries to tell you all kinds of malarkey and all kinds of hogwash, hear me this morning. I couldn't give a rip what the devil wants for me this morning. Hallelujah. I know exactly who I am. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. We are blood bought and born by Jesus Christ's blood. Hallelujah. We are set free. When he that the son is set free is free indeed today. Stop listening to what the devil has to say to you. Hallelujah. When the devil comes to you, this is what you want to do. He's going to try to come to you. And he's going to try to tell you that God doesn't care about you, that God has no more blessings for you. You know what? All you got to do is you got to start saying, you know what, devil? Let me remind you of the blessings that I've already received. Let me go to the word of God and say, let me remind you of the promises of God. Hallelujah. You know, when I think about the devil and he tries to convince us that God has nothing left for us, that the there's no more promises for us. And we go through our moly grubs and we go get, into, uh, get depressed and we start thinking, you know what, God, I know God loves me, but he just doesn't have anything more for me. You know, kind of this old Kleenex box kind of reminds me a little bit of the blessings of God. You know, when you pull one's blessing out, hallelujah, I say, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Glory to God. And you pull another one out, you say, Lord, thank you for the Holy Ghost. I say, Lord, thank you for the family. Lord, thank you for the church. Lord, thank you for my pastor. Lord, thank you for the anointing. Lord, thank you for my healing. Lord, thank you for my restoration. Lord, thank you for deliverance. Over and over and over and over and over again, all of a sudden, we've got all these blessings laying around us. And guess what? The devil says, see, I told you, I told you, I'll give it, you've been blessed. But God has no more for you. And then we start believing his lies again, but this is what you do. Hallelujah. You come over here. Hallelujah. And you say, you say, devil, I'm about to open me up a box of, ah, y'all thought I was going to say something, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, devil, I'm going to open me up a box of praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your glory. Thank you, Jesus, for the church. Over and over and over again, God keeps on blessing and blessing and blessing. It never ends. Don't listen to what the devil says for you. God's blessings aren't short on supply, but they are more than enough this morning. Can you give the Lord a hand clap today? Hallelujah. Yes. Praise his name. Praise his name.
Praise his name. Number four, know and pray the word. You, you, you really can't truly fully understand the promises of God unless you take the time to know his word. To know his word. The word of God is, it's alive. It's powerful. The word of God, it's, it's, it's our GPS for living every single day. Pray like Daniel did in chapter 9. Pray a declarative prayer over your life, over your family today. Declare his goodness. Claim his promises for your life today. Mix praise and prayer together. Hebrews 13, 15 says that through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice. How many know sometimes it's a sacrifice? We don't always live lives that are completely void of trouble. The devil comes at us, and the more in the closer we get to God, the more he wants to turn the heat up. But I've found that whenever he begins to turn the heat up, yes, I can pray, I can seek the Lord, but there's just something about praise and worship when I'm praying. There's something about being in the presence of God. This praise team, didn't they do a wonderful job this morning? Hallelujah. When they get up here, what you don't see is the time they spend in prayer. Not just preparing on how to play a particular song, but the time they spend in prayer. Why? Because it's an important issue. Because through praise and worship, they are leading us into the holies of holies, into the presence of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, when you get into the presence of God, everything changes when you're in God's presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You say, I, 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 my marriage is falling apart. Bring it to the presence of God. You say, I've got a sickness. Bring it to the presence of God. You say, I need a miracle in my life. Bring it to the presence of God. Because when you're in the presence of God, you want more and more of him. For those of you who speak Spanish this morning, yo quiero más y más de Cristo. Yo quiero más de su poder. Yo quiero más de su presencia. Yo quiero más de su de pair. Hallelujah. Yo quiero más de Cristo. I want more and more of Jesus. I want more of his power. I want more of his presence. I want more and more of him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless his holy name today. Practice fasting on a regular basis. You're like, oh no, here he goes. He's been talking about prayer. I'm cool with that. I can do that. Get on my knees in the morning. Get on my knees at night. Whenever you choose to get on your knees and praise the Lord. My wife prays all the time going down the road, especially when somebody pulls out in front of her. 
I hear, oh, Jesus, all the time. Even more so when I'm driving. Hey, what can I say? There's a lot of good things to look and see when I'm driving down the road. What can I say? But we can get into the habit of prayer and we find ourselves wanting to do that sometimes. But fasting? Fasting is another thing. Fasting gives us a supernatural power and strength to stand against whatever the enemy wants to do. You see, we simply cannot do it alone. We need help. Scripture says that some things only come by prayer and what? Fasting. How many remembers the old show, The Flash? Superhero can run real fast. There's a TV series on now about The Flash, and Flash has always been able to run fast. We know that. But all of a sudden, his character gets all of these powers, and he can do so much more than running fast. He becomes so much more powerful. And in the show, I remember them saying something along the lines of, the Flash has powered up in his powers. He's leveled up, I should say, in his powers. Now, how many of you here like to play games? You're into like the video games and stuff. For those of you who, who are, you realize that whenever you level up in those video games, you become more powerful. You can do a lot more stuff. You become more, much more victorious in the game that you're playing. Hallelujah. This is not a game, the game of life. The devil wants to make it a game, but it's not a game. But I'm here to tell you, hallelujah. You may say, I have prayed and prayed and prayed, and I haven't gotten anywhere. I take two steps forward, and the devil pushes me back, and I just don't know how to get past this circumstance. I don't know how to get past this situation. It's to the point to where I can't even do my part as a child of God to help advance the kingdom of God. I just can't seem to get past it. But then you say, wait a minute. I think I heard somebody say something about fasting. So you decide you're going to try fasting. And as you start fasting and you start praying, the devil tries to think he's going to come push you back again. But all of a sudden he hits a wall. He hits a wall and he can't get past it. Hallelujah. That wall is called the Holy Ghost. As you begin to pray and fast, the Holy Ghost goes before you. You start living a life of victory. You start realizing, wait a minute, one step after the other. I am moving. I am advancing the kingdom of God. I am seeing things happening. Is your circumstance changed? Has your situation changed? Maybe, maybe not. But you do know one thing, that you are living in the power and in the might of the Holy Spirit. That's what fasting does for us when we pray. It levels us up in our prayer. Ponder this with me this morning. Ponder making a commitment to having such a deep connection with God through everyday prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, okay, I've heard everything you've had to say. I've actually heard it before. And either God just doesn't care for me. He's not listening. He's choosing to ignore me. Whatever the reason is, nothing is happening when I pray. As the worship team is coming, I'm going to share with you Daniel chapter 10. 
Daniel is standing on the side of a riverbed and he's been praying about a revelation of the end of days. And God heard him. But Daniel hasn't seen anything happen at all on earth the whole time. But on the 21st day, an angel appears to Daniel. And he says, Daniel, hold up for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you about the revelation of the end of days. But first, I want you to know something. He says, Daniel, you have been worrying yourself. You've been making yourself sick. You've been on this 21-day fast. You've been tying your stomach up in knots. You've been doing all of this stuff. But I want you to know one thing. I heard you the first day you prayed. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope, you're, I hope you're biting on what I'm casting out there today. Hallelujah. He says, I heard you on the first day that you prayed. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to know? That when we don't see anything happening on our end, hallelujah, heaven heard you. Hallelujah, isn't it great to know when you don't see anything moving on this earth, I've come to tell you that you've moved heaven with your prayers. Don't listen to what Satan is trying to tell you this morning. Keep on praying. Keep on pressing in. Keep on believing. As a matter of fact, that angel tells Daniel, he says, I'm going to share something with you, Daniel. He says, the reason why you didn't get your answer was because the evil spirit, the prince of Persia, we don't have time to go into all that this morning, but he says, the evil spirit, the prince of Persia, intercepted your answer. But he said, the reason why you got your answer was because of your words. Daniel never stopped praying. I'm here to tell you this morning, God has heard you. Right where you are in your circumstances that maybe nobody else knows about, God has heard you. We might not see anything, but God has heard you. And when the devil tries to come to you and tries to convince you, you just might as well stop praying. God hasn't heard you. Just stop doing all that foolishness that you call praying. There's only one thing left for you to do. One thing left for you to do is to simply say, you know what, devil? I'm going to stomp my head on your foot this morning. Because I might not be able to see it coming. I might not be able to hear it coming. I might not know when it's going to come. I might not know how it's going to come. But there's one thing I simply refuse to do. I refuse to stop opening my mouth to the God of heaven. I refuse to stop giving him the glory. I refuse to stop praising him. I'm going to keep on believing. You say, you don't really realize how bad I've got it. You don't know how bad my life is from time to time. And for you to sit there and to tell me 
to keep praying. Keep praying. We got a God that loves you. That's why here at Faith, we stress the importance of prayer so much. So much. Simply because it's our lifeline. It's our lifeline. In a moment, I want to pray with you. And when this praise team leads us into worship, we're going to have some prayer team down here. They'll be here to pray with you for special needs, but I just find it fitting that on a, on a day like today when we're speaking about prayer and fasting, that for all who are comfortable and are able and willing to come to the altar, and just maybe y'all... You Thank you for joining us say, today. You know we hope that really God spoke to you through today's message. Particular need if you want to know more about Faith Church... Text CONNECT to 419-664-4555. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening, and may you find and follow Jesus in all you do. I refuse to leave this morning's service as I came in. We're going to pick these Kleenex up in a minute. But when we pray... I'm going to have Pastor Tom and Pastor Heiser come up here with me. Scripture talks about the prayer cloth and anointing the prayer cloth. And, and it's in several places throughout the scripture to where they did it. And this morning you say, you know what? I would love to have a prayer cloth. Maybe you got something going on physically that you're going to believe in the power of God. Maybe your marriage is falling apart and you're like, you know what, I just want to take this home with my marriage and I'm going to believe that God is going to speak life. Maybe your children need salvation. Maybe you need a new job. Maybe you don't have a job and you need a job, period, whatever your situation may be. If you want one of these prayer cloths when we anoint them, Pastor Tom, Pastor Heiser, and myself will be here in the middle to hand them out to you as we anoint them and pray for them. If you want that, hallelujah, would you come?